Hey, let's kick off an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, which is brought to you free every week from the folks at, well, where else? Geekinthecity.com. You can also watch us stream the show weekly every Tuesday on twitch.com forward slash geekinthecity at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. If you enjoy the show, you can also help us out over on patreon.com forward slash geekinthecity. Your support there helps us do more content and create more shows and overall make it a better experience for you, the best audience in the world. As always, always share the show and make some comments for us or give us a five-star rating on any of the platforms you enjoy listening to this show on. And with that, let's kick off this all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. Welcome to issue 647 of Geek in the City Radio. I am your not at all confused and totally know what's going on host, Pinarita. And I am your other other host, Cable Hashtani. <laughs> How's it going, Cable? It's going fine. Um, uh, I've had a couple weeks of it's fine. That's, I don't. I don't know how to, uh, you know, everything is fine. There's there's nothing wrong, which usually puts me in the place where I feel like the other shoe's about to drop. And right. I'm trying to get out of that headspace. Um, how are you? Discombobulated? Okay. I've, I've been having like a really just like wonky couple of days where... Um, I'm like forgetting stuff. I misplace, I'm misplacing things. I'm like messing up my own calendar. And like, typically one of the few things that I have going for me is that I always know what's going on on my calendar because I write everything down. Like ever since like calendar apps got good, mm-hmm. I put everything on paper. Well, you know, on paper right away. And that way I'm, I don't like double book myself or like show up at the wrong place, but like literally I almost went to the wrong building for a doctor's appointment yesterday. I didn't go to work on time today <laughs> because I have a different schedule on Tuesdays. Uh, I lost a pair of glasses uh, literally from one minute to the next. Glasses is another thing. Like when you always, always, always wear your glasses, it's harder to lose them versus like when you only sometimes need them throughout the day. Um, yep. So, that I understand. so yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's up. Maybe I'm just brain tired. Hi, Geek in the City uh, listeners. It's <laughs> real talk with Geek in the City today. Um, Aaron's called an audible, so he sends his love. He's he's lurking, but he's not going to be with us this evening. Yeah. For 
probably one explanation is like uh, I think Merc- Mercury went back into retrograde or something. It's not That's, a thing that I. It's always Mercury. <laughs> well, I mean, as a planetary body, I had this explained to me. Um, tiny planet goes around the sun like this really fast, whereas we're further out, we take longer to go around. So that's why it uh, it goes through in and out of retrograde more often. For- isn't it that it, I feel like I should know this, but isn't it that it, it appears to be in retrograde? Um, it appears to be going backwards because of the, the shift in like our speed versus its speed and like the current alignment. That's, that's what it means when they say Mercury is in retrograde is it's that time of the year uh, where it seems like it's going backwards visually. Sure. Possibly. I don't know. Uh, And yes, we are actually in retrograde right now, May 10 to June 2. Mm -hmm. So hold on to your butts listeners. Mind you. Although we're like more, like we're more than halfway through at this point, so at least there's that. Yay! Yay! I guess that probably means we're like in the eye of the storm. Yeah, that, we're in the, that, we're in the, we're in the deep right. end at this point. Mm-hmm. The only way out is through. That's always the only way out. <laughs> That's that is a very good point. That is uh, it. Like that is a particular piece of advice that is always going to be true. The only way out is through. Um, I mean, like on a rare occasion, you can actually just back out of a thing, but but more often than not, yes. Uh, I have uh, I have this bit that I do in the house where uh, I'll walk into a room and I'll be like mid. I don't know, like biting into a sandwich or about to drink a drink of something. Um, and I'll walk into the room and Christian's in the room and he's doing something. It doesn't even have to be particularly weird or interesting, um, but he's super focused on it. Uh, and so then I'll stop. I'll just completely, you know, stop mid stride, mid whatever until he notices me. And then I will like make a weird face and then very quietly just back out of there, like out, like, Cross the threshold backwards, kills every time. Yeah, that's a that's a good bit. I, I encourage you, listeners, to uh, to try that bit. It is uh, it amuses me if nothing else. Um, sorry, I just I just had a fucking epiphany looking at the text because mm-hmm. I was going to start talking about how we can do this, this, and this. Bex, I just fucking figured out what your Twitch handle is. God damn it. <laughs> You're going to have to explain it to me because I have, I have like, if it means something, I don't know what it is. You it will only mean something to you if you know what the fantasy Costco is. I do not. Yep. All right. Give me like, what, 10 minutes? How long do I need? I'll, 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 go, I'll go look it up right now. Fuck no. Um so <laughs> she's saying, Don't say it. Don't say it. No. Um, we'll talk off air. Okay. <laughs> um 
Oh, good God. Okay. I thought, I'm like, Manju, get down. That's not Manju. <laughs> no, Manju this didn't is my jump cat. through the computer <laughs> to your table. What are you Jesus. doing? Anyway, what's on the show for tonight? <laughs> um, scheduled on the show, we thought we would talk more about the next couple episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender um, as we get into a particularly um difficult arc uh difficult for the characters not for difficult for the viewers well maybe even difficult for the viewers um then talk about a couple recent uh marvel trailers but i i got i know it's not on the schedule but god damn it i am I am. It's. I know it's only three episodes, but I am so in love with everything that is Strange New Worlds. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, oh I'm excited god. to hear your thoughts. Um. So, it's, and if you haven't watched the episode, stick your fingers in yours. So, like, the character of number one is one of those characters that. Um, I was familiar with, and I knew that um, the all of everything about her was supposed to be shrouded in mystery. Even when they made the cage, and number one is being played by Majel Barrett, uh, Majel Barrett Roddenberry, um, she was she was supposed to be a source of mystery. Like she was the best officer in all of Starfleet, and. Nobody knew anything about her. Right. Um, she was just enigmatic, powerful, got shit done. Um, and like they carried that over when they, you know, when Rebecca Romaine uh, took over the role and, and became the new number one and they gave her a name. She was still the best it was part of her her mythos. She is the best officer in all of Starfleet at that time, like the best, hands down. And to have uh, to be able to finally just go, and this is why. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, that makes a lot of fucking sense. <laughs> um, it was really exciting to re- realize there is just really not hardly any background on this character mm-hmm. um so they can do whatever the hell they want yep she <laughs> and- was she was written that way mm-hmm. um so to to make her like an illyrian and yes the illyrians are canon the illyrians have shown up in one episode of star trek and that was in star trek enterprise season three the this is our analogy for nine nine season um and they did they were a species that genetically modified themselves they looked a little less human um and the crew of the enterprise stole a warp core from them <laughs> the name was familiar but i can't remember if i've seen that episode or not I don't think you have, unless you've gone back and watched all of Enterprise. It wasn't on your trekkication. Um, the the name Illyria, though, is also from Angel. It was the name of uh, 
the character Fred, when Fred died and then was inhabited by an elder god, the elder god's name was Illyria. So it's it's a word that has been used in popular culture before. I'm I'm assuming it, it probably has some older context that probably that people like to draw on. Yeah. But like this was another episode where they're like, we're going to do a lot of th-. like it came across like they were going to do. Oh, it's a contagion episode, like you know the the naked time from the yes, original series. That is naked exactly Net. what I was expecting in the and, earlier part of the episode. Yeah, and then it went 180 degrees in the other direction. It's like, oh no, they're not going to do the naked time. They're going to talk about fucking COVID, <laughs> and they talked about fucking COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and then they talked about racism. <laughs> yep. I just, you know, I, I keep saying that it's like, okay, um, Americans don't get subtlety. And that's why they're not being subtle about any of these things. It's like, nope, we're, we're 100% going to, going to talk about these things. I because will say we, though, like it wasn't. To. It's not ham-fisted. It's 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 obvious. Yeah, but but there's still some finesse to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just because you're not being subtle doesn't mean you have to be ham-fisted. It's it's not an either or. It just ends up that way most of the time because you think, well, if we're not gonna. We're not going to be subtle about it. Let's just be obvious. Let's be real obvious. Right, right. And I where can think, we put up a sign? I mean, I agree with you. Like it's it's subtle. It's not it's not subtle or hamfisted or it's or you know like inelegant. But that is what ends up happening most of the time. Such that like you know, it Agreed. might as well be it might they might as well be um, you know diametrically opposed concepts. Mm-hmm. However, I do know that during you know especially in the earlier uh iterations of trekucation you know um we had a lot of conversations about how they are literally beating you over the head with some of these context concepts although that's really easy to say when you're watching something that is 50 years old because mm-hmm. you've seen more subtlety in the preceding eras so it's all I mean is like, okay, they're being super obvious about these concepts, but there is more finesse than I am used to from even other Star Trek. Mm-hmm. It's it is uh, it is great, and as much as I want to sing the praises of this show, it what I I think I want everyone to focus on more is these this show and other shows, other uh, genre shows right now are are trying to tell us things. They are trying to be very obvious about their messaging. Fucking listen to it. Um, because otherwise we are not getting out of this. I'm not going to say what I think. What I'm going to say is I. No, you should. We said this is we're we're no, this is real talk episode. Of no, no, it's just you, you know, me. it's just be being like, you know, like the it's just like the ever the pessimist. I'm like, we're not going to get out of it, dude. Um, well, but no I'm trying to be less of a, <laughs> I'm trying to be less of a nihilist these days. Um, or actually I, I am less of a nihilist than I used to be. And I, I think that that's for the better. Um, no, but what I wanted to actually talk about is 
I am not hearing about a lot of Trek bros, as as we are now calling them, mm-hmm. uh, being mad about strange new worlds. And I know that you tend to like have your ear to the ground a little more on that. Um, is there or is there not a lot of like shitheads whining about some of these new episodes? As far as I know, yes. Um, the trick is, is I, I don't like. I think Aaron actually pays more attention to what's being said in news feeds than I do because I started learning I don't care about those people's opinions largely because they're wrong <laughs> and that's also an opinion I get that but it, it's they're what they are expecting out of it is not the show that the show actually is and if I had a very specific idea of what Strange New Worlds or any Trek for that matter or any show or movie of what it's supposed to be, then yes, I'm going to end up angry about it because it's like, well, that was not that was not the story that played off in my head. Um, Boba Fett's a great example. Uh, the book of Boba Fett is definitely one of those. A lot of Star Wars fans, a lot of that particular type of star Wars fan was very angry with the depiction of Boba Fett because it was not their head cannon. It was no, this Boba Fett is this person. He does this. He does this. He does this. It's like since fucking when he hasn't had enough screen time to tell us any of that. Like the book of Boba Fett was actually designed to show us who this character was for the first time. Right. That was like my biggest complaint about, the character's notoriety is like, like the actual original character did very little, had very little screen time, very few lines, uh, and died pretty cheaply. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, like where the mythos. Came- yeah. Like, uh, yeah, absurdly. Like where did the mythos of this guy come from? Because it certainly isn't from his on screen time. I don't know. Um, it, and it came from the fandom. And th- that's again, I think I'm I'm doing the apples and oranges comparison. That's where I think Strange New Worlds has been strong versus like the whole myth of Boba Fett was just that. It was just a myth. They spent a lot of time telling us how cool this character was and not showing us anything. And then when they finally got around to like, this is why this character is cool and showed us that it's like, oh, that is cool. But it didn't match the cool that was in other people's heads. Versus what Star Trek is doing with Strange New Worlds, they're not telling us that these, like, Hammer says, I'm a genius, and then fucking shows us how he's a genius, like, 16 different times over the course of the episode, including teleporting a chunk of a planet's mantle onto a transporter pad. (laughs) He was sick and acting out of his mind from a light-based disease and still managed to figure out the math of how to do that <laughs> and not immediately blow up the ship. <laughs> like, that's that's some dangerous smarts. Uh, well, then there is episode... Shit, it was episode one, right? Where Uhura, like, just on the fly 
realizes, oh, this alien guy mm-hmm. uh, is on our ship, uh, even though that should not be the case, didn't know what was going on, you know, like what brought him here, but still had the, you know, just like the the quickness of mind to assess the situation and control it uh, without any without any outside information or, or guidance or even like needing the time to be like, what the shit is going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that is, yeah, it's the show don't tell. It's one of the, those uh, time honored traditions in storytelling. If you want to get something across to people, show them, don't, don't just tell them. Uh, so Kevin in the chat is saying that there is a tradition uh, within geek culture of taking short appearance characters and what ifing a backstory to death. Um, that's great. That is a, and- a, a great way to say that. And it's true. It's true. That's exactly mm-hmm. what has been done with, I mean, I would argue that so much of what we've been getting uh, from Star Trek and Star Wars for the last 20, 30 years is, you know, depending on which franchise you're looking at, is is people going, okay, somebody said this thing this one time, or if for, and for Star Trek more likely, like, oh, this one character showed up this one time. Let's let's build an entire backstory and, and and just like just huge amounts of canon around something that when it was created, when it was written and cast and filmed, was complete throwaway shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. Sometimes I do get a little bit annoyed with like, wow, you are really like. You took something that had like maybe like no like low to no intent and and you've created a whole like section of the world around it. You're like I don't know, it's 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 weird to me, but maybe this is I don't have that like that type of creativity. Um but again, I wouldn't this phrase is, it that way, but yeah. <laughs> the, I, I agree. Like they are they are really doing a good job of of taking of what ifing, what ifing with characters that had very little uh, substance to them in their original mm-hmm. pre- presentation. Yep. Like Mabenga had three episodes in the original series. Yeah, I don't know and... if I ever saw that character either because I didn't realize that they were a returning character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's about half of the characters. Maybe a little more like there's Pike, number one, Spock, Uhura, um, Chapel, and Mabenga. That's, yeah, that's more than I, I realized. Yeah, I, guess just, I guess just one more. Everyone else is, is obvious, but. Yeah, Ortega's, um, Noonien Singh, and Hammer are the new characters. Because even Kyle, uh, Mr. Kyle is a returning character. Yes, one I mean, episode also, he, right? Yeah. Um, he was in a couple, but he was like a he, he wasn't he wasn't a uniformed officer. He was a full jumpsuit, which I, I noticed. I rewatched uh, Ghost of Lyria yesterday, and he's wearing a onesie. Like his uniform is a, a jumpsuit. It's really cool, but there are like. 16 different versions of the uniform on that ship. They have a lot of different uniforms. Um, 
I don't know if they're like trying to reconcile like a modern aesthetic with like TOS aesthetic or they're just like, whatever, but I like it. They are trying to um, do 60s retro futurism as reimagined by 2022. That's that's a good way to put that, yes. Because if you, like, they're still using mid-century modern furniture in the, the, um, their cabins. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, this is great. Like, Pike has a goddamn fireplace in his quarters. (laughs) Um, the one that, like, was really eye-catching was at the beginning of episode three, where number one, uh, before she ha- she goes back up to the ship, and she's she's wearing her uniform, but she's got this, like, cool, slick leather jacket, and she's got this very 1960s hairdo, which is just, like, the really big, full, but straight mm-hmm. ponytail and the braid around it. Mm-hmm. Very retro. Uh, and, and I honestly didn't expect it because she has never worn her hair like that in any scenes that she's ever had, either in this or Discovery. Nope. But I, I think we're going to see a lot more more of that changed up. I, she, the, uh, the cage, um, they, they have those, they have await jackets. Um, like in the episode, like when they're down on the planet, they're all wearing uh, jackets over their uniforms. So this is the updated version of that. Mm. It's like, oh no, you, you wear jackets because it might be cold on this planet. You shouldn't just go down in your uniform. What are you kidding? <laughs> We're in space. We can run around on the ship in our pajamas all the time. Um, the one thing that I have never gotten over and like it's like where I draw the line is um, there is a scene in TOS where Nurse Chapel has like I guess it's like a beehive hairdo but rather than just like being smooth around the outside it's literally a basket weave that's not Chapel no is that not who is that then that is that is Yeoman Janice Rand She's a red shirt. She works operations. She is a personal attache. Uh, I've had to look this up. Yeomans are essentially administrative assistants to captains. Okay. That that makes sense. Yeah. That's that's Janice Rand. That's who has that hairdo. Okay. All this time, I was mad at the wrong character. Yeah. That's not, <laughs> that's not Chapel. Uh, Janice Rand is the other woman, the the third woman that was always on the Enterprise. I don't really remember anything about the character. Um, I think she was there to be a damsel in distress at times. Mm, making her not a particularly memorably written character. Um, Aaron very specific well no i'm not going to say that out loud aaron has a story that he's always wanted to write with janice rand Um, but yeah no like she is considered what is this astroturf backlash just different examples of things that people are upset about in, in the geeks writing their own backstory topic 
Okay, and speaking doesn't matter. Yeah, see, like, I would love to talk about Halo. Like, I one hundred percent want to talk about Halo because fuck that show is good. It's is it done yet? This it this is. first season. Okay, I like, think fucking I'm only mainline like halfway through. Yeah, mainline the, those nine episodes, man. Oh god damn. Um, the fact that the show has an arc where in episode one they introduce you to the Spartans and you're like, yeah, the Spartans are fucking badass. And then you get to episode nine and you're like, oh no, these Spartans. Now the Spartans are fucking badass. Oh. It's, yeah. Um, the, the, this never would have worked in the video game. Like if you had adapted the video game straight over to the TV show, it would have failed miserably. You had to put faces to the Spartans. You had to put a face on Master Chief because otherwise you don't fucking care about these people. And as soon as they put faces and personalities to those characters, it's like, yeah, no, I'm on board. I'm 100%. I will follow Master Chief into battle. Because he, like, he shows what it means to be faced with these decisions and how hard it is to choose the right thing and still do it. It's like, holy shit, this is perfect. This is great. Why is this show this good? <laughs> uh, I, I have a, I have an idea about like the difference between the show and the games, but because I never played the game's uh, campaign style, I don't actually know if it would be a true statement or not, but I'll just throw it out there. As, as, sure. as I, as I, my first thought is that uh, in this, again, like only based off of like my me ha- watching, having it watched half of the show, good and bad, right and wrong is never, is, is not a cut and dry concept. It's never that clear. The people mm-hmm. that you think are the good guys do bad things, but maybe for the right reasons and vice versa, blah, blah, blah. And, and maybe the shows or the, the games did not give enough of that context uh, such that it's like, Oh yeah, we're the good guys and we're going to kill the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could just be another example of the toxic fans not picking up on the obvious message. And now they're mad when it's like even more obvious. Yeah, yeah. That I think there's a little bit of all of that going on. <laughs> like uh I think I also would have been um if I were like a, a devout not a devout, that's a, a bad word to try and use for this, but if I were more immersed in Halo lore, like I'm very surface level Halo. Like I've played with friends, I've never played the campaign, but I've heard enough about the backstory that like when the character showed up, it's like, yeah, I know who these people are. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I know who Miranda Keys is. I know who Cortana is. I know who, um, like, like I recognize who these people were. And the, it's like, cool. What are you going to do with them? Um, and then they just, they gave them some very clear character motivations and let those actors run with them. It's like those, that turned into some ugly things at times. It's like, yeah, that what you want and what you've been doing don't match <laughs> at all. <laughs> like, 
I'm here for the good of all mankind. You have literally kidnapped people. <laughs> yes, children. Mm-hmm. And probably killed some parents to, to get away with it. No. They no? didn't. No. Oh, okay. Again, they, I... They went, they went a worse direction. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I have an idea, but... Uh, I'll get to it. I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. If you're like, what episode are you on? Five. Yeah. You're, you're in the area where you're getting all of this information. Uh, I do know that one of the things that, uh, and it is really hard for me not to just go, well, that's because you're fucking racists. Um, one of the complaints that people who seem to be having, it's they had an episode where like, why are they focusing on this character? that has nothing to do with the fucking game. Just leave this character alone. It's like you're talking about the one major Asian character in the show who's partnered with a black man. I I am really hard pressed not to call racist on this. Um, the whole this it's the storyline of Quan Ha mm-hmm. when they go back to her and start following more of there's an episode where it's just her. I think episode seven is just her. Um, and it's like, Oh, okay. It it links to the, the greater lore as well. Um, not, not immediately, but it's like, Nope, I, I saw what you did. You, you put this here and you put this here. Well, if Um, you would just shut up and listen, you would see that like it just just let it happen before you get mad about it yeah uh you know again i I say that as someone who sits here every week and talks about something on a like on a week-to-week basis so we could be wrong about stuff all the time but yeah yeah i don't don't, don't know but we also try to put out there that maybe they meant this maybe they meant that we don't know this is how we took it and also everyone's mileage may vary Yeah, which is a phrase I do love for for geekdom. It's like, I didn't like it. You may. Your mileage may vary. Right. I I, I have heard that there are people who are not loving the show and are are mad about it. Um, But I guess it has mostly to do with the fact that, like, they've, like, really deviated from the original storylines. And I'm like... I, I, I'm willing to believe I didn't have a conversation with these people directly, but I'm willing to believe that it's not like because it was like some like racist or anti, you know, like woke shit or whatever. Um, but yeah, like, you know, if you if you're a purist and all you ever wanted out of Halo was just like a straight from, you know, like video game to TV plot mm-hmm. and storyline, uh, this is not that. They're yeah. they're expanding on this a little bit, you know. They're yeah. they're making some new choices. I, I think I would have been less interested in the show um, if it was just like if we never saw Master Chief's face. It was just some guy in a helmet the entire time. I say this understanding that yes, I love the Mandalorian, and that's the whole fucking point. Um, but that's also the whole fucking point of the Mandalorian, and it there are narrative connotations to what it means when he takes his helmet off and it's not based on a video game where the reason you wore your helmet all the time is because it's so that you the player could imagine yourself in the role of that character it's also why that why he has no name 
No, he has a name. His name is John. Is it is is it in the game too? I believe I so. Never heard, and I, and like, I worked can, at Microsoft. I never heard anyone call him anything besides Master Chief. It's, it, everyone does call him Master Chief, um, which is funny. It's like why? Do, it's not his name; it's his rank. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, in in a military context, it's not yes, true. out of the ordinary to only re- address someone by that rank. It's it's short. Mm-hmm. Sometimes names are cumbersome. <laughs> yes, it they are. It's easier to remember rank rank titles and just look at someone and go, oh, I know what rank you are. <laughs> no, 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 just just verbally, you yes. know, um, like for for one, like a first name tends to be longer than a last name. Um, when someone has a multisyllabic name, or even if it's not that, you know, <laughs> not that you know long of a name, like first name, like people sure. make up short names for each other. And in in the military, when you address someone, it's not you know, hey, John, it's, hey, Master Chief, whatever your last name. And that's, mm-hmm. that's so many words and sounds to make. So even even ranks get uh, truncated and sort of like slurred together into fewer syllables. Mm-hmm. So I, it's not weird, I guess, is what I'm saying. It is very rarely that I say the full name, the word of captain. And I, and I just... It's just so much easier to just go, Captain. Captain. Sar- it's the same Sar- amount. Of, it's the same amount of vowels <laughs> or syllables, Captain. I, I don't even know how you spell Sarn, but it's not Sergeant. It's, it's not. No. Um, Sergeant isn't hard to say, but when you have to say it all the time, you just stop bothering. <laughs> And now the chat is just making up what John's name. <laughs> John Halo. Uh, I don't know Roman numerals very well, so I don't know what that is. I'm going to say John Halo 2002. John Halo. No, 117. 117. Yeah, John, in the show, his name is John 117. Ah, okay. I don't, I don't retain that. Um, <laughs> okay, Bex had to look it up in the first place, so now I don't feel so dumb. Um. But yeah, it, if you haven't watched Halo and you like sci-fi, um, give it a shot. It is nine episodes. First thing is in, is already done and in the can. Um, they already uh, they already greenlit the second season, so there is a second season coming, which I'm looking forward to. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I didn't like. I watched the first episode on a whim. I'm like, yeah, let's see where this goes. And I'm like, oh. Why do I care about these characters? I've I've barely met you. Um, it's it's well done. It it is a, uh, and you can see where like where they've pulled inspiration from a lot of other really great uh, recent sci fi like The Expanse. Yes, just as like a, like the first what example that I can think of. Um, there are others, but now I'm not going to think of them. I think that's that seems to be the easiest one to pull from. Like it's the biggest one in the last like yeah. ten years. Yeah, it's it is the the current Zeitgeist's um, Battlestar Galactica. Well, it was. It's oh, is done. it over? It's all done now. Yeah, sure. the sixth season was the last one. Maybe I'll get around to watching it now. You really should. It is it is very good. Or at least the books. The books are better. Again, 
uh, and I've said this before, I always hesitate on things like this because I know when I pull the trigger, if I hate it, I can, I have to live in silence forever. Speaking of hate, I don't know why, but the chat is writing out lyrics to a song I hate. I don't think that's, I don't think think they're, it doesn't make sense. Oh, because it's a 10 year old song. Uh, I just met you and this is crazy. Here's my number. Call me Mamie. How else do you meet men? <laughs> or people in general. Fine, people. Like, wait, how, like, hi, I just met you. I'm interested in you. Let's exchange phone numbers and, and get to know each other better. That is like literally like a baseline process for getting to know someone. Sure. How is it, how, so how is it crazy? I don't know. It bothers me. It- it is crazy for the person. I guess. It is It is the, I don't normally do this. This is out of my wheelhouse. This is out of my comfort zone. I don't just approach random people and go, here's my phone number. Please call me. Let's hang out. Well, Bex agrees that it is a horrible, horrible song. So I feel justified. We can As you should. <laughs> I, I, I unironically like it. So... But okay. we all know that I have a love for stupid pop songs. <laughs> you should hang out with Christian Moore. This is true in general. <laughs> he he loves like any and all pop, I think. I don't know. He probably has things that he like where he draws the line. I, I, but I haven't found that line. Um. Yes. Should um, we move from the final frontier to um, the uh, ever-expanding Marvel universe? Yes. Talk yes. about some trailers that dropped this uh, within the past week. Sorry, you said ever-expanding universe, and then my brain went to a spiral of like you know, like black hole, sun, wormhole, imploding universes. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Which one would you like to start with? Um, I think that you started the show explaining to everyone what's been going on with your head recently, so we all understand. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, let's start with the Love and Thunder, the the latest in the Thor movies, the fourth Thor movie, which after Thor two. We were all pretty sure that Hemsworth was like, yeah, after after we're done with the whole Infinity thing, I'm done. I'm done. I don't need to do any more. I'll do a third movie. It's fine. I'll do that. But after this, I'm done. And then he did Ragnarok, and he's like, this fucking Taika Waititi guy. This fucking guy. I'm in. For for what? Another 10 years. How's that sound? You stopped and started reading the chat, didn't you? I did. Norm yep. is telling a story. Um, yep. That's okay. We can come back to that. Um, so it's definitely, you know, I'm not going to say this trailer isn't bringing anything new to the table from like the original teaser, but as a whole, I don't have a ton more to say. It looks like it's going to be a very fun and funny movie and i'm looking forward to it um i think that the important things that we get out of this trailer is we see more of jane foster as the mighty thor so they are not trying to hide that 
that is who the character is. Right. Unlike unlike they did in the comics for months. Really? <laughs> um a coworker brought this up today and she's like like I love the trailer. I'm really looking forward to it. Here's the thing. At no point in the trailer do we ever we just see Jane Foster the Mighty Thor. We never see Jane Foster out of Thor gear. And if they're doing the cancer storyline, I don't know that I'm ready to see CGI generated sickly cancer ridden I'm I'm dying Jane Foster. And I'm pretty sure that that's what they're going to do. <laughs> is that is that like what that prefaces w- her becoming the new Thor? Yep. Okay. I I you know, you know I don't read comics. I know. Not those comics. Um that was that was part of what was going on with her when she was when she had the hammer and was the mighty Thor. Everything was fine. Uh but out you know when she put the hammer down and reverted back to human form that was when we learned it's like oh it's jane foster wait where's what's going on with jane why does she look sick oh she's dying of cancer she's currently going through chemotherapy oh i didn't know that the power of thor was like a separate thing that's mm-hmm. almost like shazam level differences that 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 was the whole speech that uh, uh odin put on the side of the hammer for in the first thor movie is like who whoever um is worthy um worthy enough to lift this hammer shall possess the power of thor but only when they're holding the hammer essentially yeah that's the part that i i had not picked up on so, um, it's going to be, it's still going to be a ride to, to get through all that. The, the other thing that we got in this trailer was uh, a first real glimpse at, uh, Christian Bale playing Gore, the God killer. So I, that's a character I don't know a ton about. I I'm very clear what his goal is though. Uh, he, he's another character for the comics. Uh, it was from a storyline where he was going around trying to kill, all of the gods uh, question asked and answered in the chat. Thanks kids. Um, the, there's a, a scene where Korg and th- in the trailer uh, where Korg and Thor are standing on the snowy planet and there's a big giant thing in their foreground or in their, in the background in the scene that they're looking at. That's a God that Gore has killed. It was a friend of um, Thor's who was another god from another pantheon. Gotcha. So it's, I believe that was from Jason Aaron's run. It's not something that I've read, but I'm like casually familiar with it. Um, I do know that Taika Waititi has been saying, it's like, he's like, he's so happy with Christian Bale's performance. He's like, he's the best villain we've had in Marvel so far. Wow. That's a bold statement. Yep. Um, not that I can think of any like villains I particularly love off the top of my head. So, ooh, I'm still really fond of Killmonger. <sighs> a good one, a good one, very, very relatable. Th- that's why, like, Killmonger was the I think the first Marvel villain that was came on screen. That I'm like, 
I don't know that you're the bad guy. Oh, no, you're trying to kill innocent people. Okay, you're a little the bad guy. But <laughs> um, your motivation is really hard to, like, mm, I, yeah, he was, mm-hmm. it's still really hard for me to get around that. It's like, no, you're you're a bad guy, but you're not a bad guy. <laughs> like, all, I get all of your motivation. Okay, I Which think is why I, I always, like, these days, I, I, I lean more towards the antagonist yeah. title. Yeah. Uh, uh, Killmonger, and then um, m- more recently, I uh, definitely um, Wen Wu, Zhu Wen Wu, uh, aka the Mandarin, the real, the real, <laughs> not named after an orange <laughs> or a chicken dish. <laughs> there it is. Um... But yeah, yeah. those yeah, have been the two for me, like uh, Killmonger and uh, Zhu Wenwu. Um, those are good calls again, like because they're very real. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're not caricatures of 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 something you know off of a comic book page. They're yep. They're ostensibly real people with real problems that you can like understand and empathize with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was hard to empathize with Thanos. Like, I, I understood the explanation behind all of his motivations. He's still a fucking crazy person. Um, going back to Thor, because mm-hmm. I think we're kind of wrapped up on it, but yeah. I did want to point out you were saying like, oh, we see a lot more of Natalie Portman in this trailer. But then you had like continued the thought with more detail mm-hmm. but um i really had wanted to interject with you see a lot more chris hemsworth too mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot a lot of chris, a hemsworth. Lot of chris hemsworth um it's those thing, those particular moments where i'm like yeah he's loving this he's fucking loving this it's all it also looks like it's going to be a very funny scene so mm-hmm. <laughs> i i think that's all he he's wanted to do is stretch his uh his range um if we got to do it with a character that he was already well known for that's even better like i i know he's been taking other roles and he's been trying to do other things but he keeps getting cast in these action hero stars it's like yeah yeah okay but then you look at things like ghostbusters and he has a hell of a time playing kevin because it's funny and he's hilarious playing the himbo mm-hmm. that uh, was, and, yeah he did really well in that and yeah you can tell he you can tell he likes to have fun and he's he finally gets to do that uh, it, yes ragnarok was a lot of fun and funny but i think that that is going to pale in comparison to love and thunder yeah i think this is going to be a really good one um but before, I think it's before that. Yeah, it is before that. Before that, we get uh, the next TV show in the Marvel lineup is Ms. Marvel. Which yeah. there's a, a new trailer for that. We get a better glimpse of what her powers look like and their link to this um, bracelet. Yes, that, that's new too. They don't, I don't think they revealed that in the earlier t- t- teasers. They sort of did. Like... 
they show her putting it on and that triggering something, but they don't kind of outright say this is what's giving her powers. So, which again, I know it's not the, it's not the inhuman story. Um, They're not doing the inhumans. They can't give her that story. They can't give her that background. It's not going to make any sense. Is that a licensing Um, thing or? No, it's because the inhumans failed miserably. Mm. Uh, the Anson Mount led show failed. We talked failed about this horribly. Right, right. Um, there's apparently now talk to to bring it back, which there are reasons. Spoilers if you haven't seen Doctor Strange yet. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but they're like they they're in. I've seen rumors that they're interested in talking to him about reviving um, Inhumans. Oh, Norm actually watched it. Jesus. I, I haven't even watched the show. I didn't even bother. Like the, it, like It's not that I didn't bother. It was I didn't get around to it when it first aired. And then the reviews of the first episode were like, oh, this is fucking bad. This is bad, guys. It's like, how bad can it be? It's like, no, this is like, no. This is like X-Men 3 bad. You don't know. Wow. It's like, okay, never mind. We're, we're not going to watch this. And see that like such a masochist. That makes me want to watch it. Because, not, not in a like how bad could it be kind of way, but I'm like, wow, how bad can it be? I want to know in detail. Yeah, you're, you are the reason that uh, um, the movie The Room does so well. Oh, rude. Um, but you are right in that I, I did watch that movie because people would not stop talking about how bad it was. I, I blame uh, Fun Employment Radio for, for having watched that. Yep. I, 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 on the other hand, believed Unemployment Radio when they said it was the worst movie ever. And, and I had to and know stop- in what way. And so I'm like, okay, I believe you. I need to see it for myself. I didn't. I didn't need to see that. I decided that I didn't need to see that. Well, so now I'm curious, like, The Room, The Inhumans. Who knows? Um, but anyway, the uh, we're going with the bracelet, which is a fashion choice in the comics. Like, she has a bracelet on one arm as part of her costume. So now they're just kind of incorporating that as this is where her powers come from. And they're doing some things that kind of mimic the embiggening uh, portion of her powers since that was something that she did. I don't think that we're going to get that scene that Aaron had wanted where she has that option of looking like a a blonde, blue-eyed American white person um, and then chooses to continue to look like herself in superhero form. Uh, but I feel like we might get a different version of that since that's, if that's not going to be part of her powers. It's in both the teaser trailer and this new trailer. I feel like they have made it very clear that her identity as a non-white, you know, like non-Christian individual 
makes her feel weird about the idea of being a superhero because that's the template that she knows. So I, I don't think they're going to throw it away. I think they're just going to do it a little bit differently than, than right. that like clear visual. Again, like, well, no, I guess this is an example of telling rather than showing. Like they're going yep. to just give the character audible autonomy and just like let her speak for herself instead of... Which, which is also something that you need to do. You do need to give narrative exposition. And sometimes part of getting a point across is you have to give a speech. Like every time Captain America has to say something, it's a speech. Because mm-hmm. it's supposed to be motivational. Um, right. I think uh, I am impressed that thus far I have only seen phrasing that they keep referring it to Marvel's first Muslim superhero um, or the MCU's first Muslim superhero, the first, rather than saying it's the first Muslim superhero on TV or the first Muslim superhero in movies, because that would be wrong. Right. That honor goes to Tala Ash from Legends of Tomorrow. Yay! Callback. And, uh, short-lived as she was. She wasn't short-lived. No, no, I'm sorry. Um, I was now conflating her with Hawk Girl because we we had that conversation. Oh yeah, no, she only lasted one season. She's doing other things. It's fine. She's on Broadway. She's loving it. Oh, good for her. Yeah. No, but all of those people yeah. are still working. That, <laughs> um, no, Tala Ash when she came on and was playing. Um, why can't I remember her character's first name? Um, because I can't either. Uh, Zari, Zari Tamaz. Um, Zari, because right, it used to be a very white name, right? On the show, there was a Adriana. TV show, Adriana Thomas. Mm-hmm. And then it was changed to Adriana Tomaz in the comics, and she was loosely based on that because she never claimed the title of isis as a as her superhero character Mm. um and i think she only wore her superhero outfit in one crossover Hmm. the rest of the time it was flannel and red flannel and blue jeans oh okay which became a staple of that show like they're like we we don't need to dress up on our superhero costumes no one cares they all know we're superheroes. They all know that we have powers. We can dress in whatever period costume we'd like and go run around and be goofballs in time. Um, but yeah, uh, at least Marvel is is not outright acknowledging, but they are sticking to this is Marvel's first Muslim superhero on TV. It's like, good job. good. Well, I mean, like you want to take the credit if you can get away with it. Yeah. And I'm sure they know if they went, oh, it's the first Muslim superhero on TV. Someone would go, yeah, Legends beat you by like 10 years, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. Has it been that long since? Um, It hasn't. It hasn't been 10 years, but it's like it's been a while. Like Legends went for seven seasons, six seasons. And they've been um, off the air for like two years now, right? Oh, no. They just got canceled like three weeks ago. 
Gotcha. Nope, I see it now. Yeah. Season seven, March twenty twenty two. Yep. I I I completely like lost that thread. I, I did as soon as the pandemic hit, that was ended up being the biggest casualty in my viewing is I lost the entirety of the CW DC lineup. Yeah. Yeah, which, yeah me too. Like now I'm gonna have to go back through and watch all of that. I'm really pissed that I did not stick with uh Batwoman because it sounds like they had like they were just getting good in that second season. That's too bad. Um and I think the thing that they were doing that wasn't being that's not being done in the rest of the DCU is your lead character of Batwoman is black. They took the other black character on the show, Luke Fox, and 100% moved him right up to being Batwing. Oh, shit. And he, he talked about the fact, he's like, I am a black man on primetime television in a Batman costume. This is fucking huge. <laughs> 2016. Wow. That seems, yeah, you're right. It does. It feels longer than ten years ago, <laughs> largely because 2020 felt like six years. Yeah. Um, and I believe Nicole Kang, uh, who played the the character that was, um, the stepsister to uh, Ruby Rose's uh, character. Kate Kane, um, they ended up making her Poison Ivy. Kate Kane is Poison Ivy? No, not Kate Kane. Nicole Kang's character. Okay, I totally misheard that. Yeah. Um, but it'll all be up on Netflix soon or on HBO Max, so I'll just watch it all then. I would love to be able to, like, binge watch those. I had... Um... You can. Huh. They're all up. They should all be up now. Christian was always so like, eh, like loosey goosey about watching those shows. So I don't have a lot of opportunities to watch what only what I want to watch. I got a wild hair the other night, and I stayed up until like two a.m. just because and watched one of my one of my shows that I like to watch by myself. It was so great. What? It it kind of made me miss. This is like really messed up to say. So like, please like take it in the context in which I mean it. It kind of made me miss the early days of the pandemic where like I didn't have to keep a schedule and I had no had nowhere to be. And if I wanted to stay up all night long alone in the house because everyone else is asleep watching whatever bullshit I want to watch for hours on end, I could. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't I wouldn't suffer for it the next day because I didn't have anywhere to be. Yep. That so many of us had those moments where that was like, oh, oh, wait, this is what things could be like, except we want to live in this capitalist society. Yeah, man, I loved being unemployed for that period where, you know, money was not an issue. Yeah, I that's a rabbit hole we're not going to go down. I know, I know. You it's... know exactly how far down that rabbit hole I will go. <laughs> no, and, how many, I... 
and how many f-bombs i will end up dropping in a matter of five minutes and it's i feel i feel bad to even bring it up because like that's not the experience that everyone had uh i i like very very lucky and it was yep. a horrible time in the world wasn't my experience i know i know let's let's move on yeah i think so um, i can't get my foot out of my mouth yeah um, i i am i'm looking forward to ms marvel i'm looking it's it's just a summer of marvel it's like ms marvel is june thor is in july and then we cap that back off with uh she hulk in august it's gonna be fun and next week is no not next week this friday is obi-wan kenobi yes ah already i feel like I feel like we were just wait. It, it when it, when they first announced it, it seemed like so far away, and now it's here, like all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. That's how it goes. Well, before we uh, end for the night, let's uh, let's go back and visit to those kids of Avatar: The Last Airbender. Hey, I'm just going to jump in here really quick and talk about our sponsors. First up, Bridge City Comics. They are one of Portland's greatest comic book shops. And then, but don't forget, um, at the end of the month, Bridge City Comics becomes Rose City Comics. Uh, Michael has taken a much-needed vacation, not vacation, retire from retail? Something. Anyway, uh, it is the yeah, Rose City Comics will now be run by uh, Donna. If you've been to Bridge City Comics a lot, you have met her before, and she has hooked you up with all of your fun comic needs. And, you know, that high-quality service is not going to change. The only thing going to change is the name so uh you know hopefully everyone keeps their boxes there keeps their promises and keeps buying comics from bridge city comics when they become rose city comics regardless you can always find them at 3725 north mississippi avenue in portland oregon and when you're in there getting your funny books thank them for being a sponsor of geek in a city radio just like Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. Guardian Games has been with Geek in the City since the beginning, since I was just a nerdy blog writer who ranted about Star Trek and did comic book reviews. Guardian Games has been there since day one, and they will be there into the future and beyond, I hope. <laughs> um, you know, we talk about the remodel. It looks great. Uh, I just found out that, uh, you know, if you are of the, like, witchy type or you just like cool things and you play D&D, which tend to go hand in hand uh, often, much to the chagrin of every 80s parent out there, uh, there's a D&D tarot that I haven't seen all of it before, but it looks pretty sweet. I might snag one. That's just one of the many things you can find at Guardian Games. I'm sure there's actually rules for using it in D&D for, like, adventure creation. That'd be kind of cool. Anyway... That's just an example of some of the great things they have there at Guardian Games. And later on in the end of the show, Cable and Denise will have a special announcement that involves Guardian Games and this very podcast. So keep tuning in till the end. As always, when you pop into Guardian Games, thank them for being a sponsor of Geek in the City Radio. Uh, I think we've got another couple episodes under our belt. Episodes 11 and episodes 12. Uh, Episode 11 is The Desert. Uh, and episode 12 is the serpent's pass. Uh, this is all still the kids are trying to get from, uh, where they, you know, they're essentially trying to get to the city of Basing Se, which is a great walled city. Right. Um, cat, that's not get off the fuck. Still on good. 
Anyway, um, the synopsis for the desert is lost in the desert without Appa. Team Avatar must find a way out. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Uncle Iroh and Zuko make contact with a secret organization. Um, I think with this one, um, I think, like I had mentioned last week, we are in a storyline where we finally get to see real hardships happen to these characters. Like they have, like, yeah, they've had it rough, but for the most part, it seems to be treated as they're on an extended camping trip across the country. And sure, they, they, they have a uh, scary moments with, fire nation but for the most part they just kind of you know are training and 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 enjoying themselves and not acting like they're actually on a clock and need to be ready to like ang has to master all four elements within a i think four month period at this point (laughs) yeah like things have to really ratchet up for him i do want to argue that i don't think that like up until now the kids have had it pretty easy i would say that from the time that Azula came into the picture, sure, is is when like things got really rough because there was that episode where they like had to just stay up all night long trying to you know keep a, uh, a keep a keep a head at a distance from Azula and her team chasing them, mm-hmm. um, and like not knowing like why they were able to pursue them so easily and having to figure it out again. Uh, here in this episode, things go wrong, and the first thing that happens is the kids, the kids start like going after each other. Yes, viciously. Yeah. Um, so Aang really lashes out at Toph, even though like, like she didn't really have a choice, and she she does try to explain like, look, like I I'm only one person, and there was only, it all happened quickly. There's only so much I can do. Hmm. And he really does not give her the opportunity to even explain it. Which all of these things are things that he knows. And when he is being his best self, he would 100% be in her corner and back her up. Um, that version, like the good version of Aang, that his best self would 100% take on the the version of Aang that we get in the desert, which is, well, now I'm fucking pissed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He he does not manage his anger well at all, um, um, which I think is also important to see. Yeah, because it's you know, I don't think that it's fair to expect people to always control their emotions, Mm-mm. especially when things are real, real bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, like there are limits to what you like, what that. Um, it's not a free pass, right? Sure. But you you are it is it is it's unhealthy to completely control your emotions, which is also like part of what happens in this episode. Is like first he's really upset, then he's trying to just like act as though he doesn't have any feelings about the situation. Um oh no, I'm sorry, that cuts into the next episode. Um a little bit, but eh, meh. But the point is like that's not helping him either. And and in this episode, he he loses control, goes into the avatar state, and potentially he could have hurt people. And that's that's obviously like letting your emotions take over too much. I, I think he was certainly in a mindset that he would have been 
it would have he would have realized too late that he had killed people. Yes, the only thing that brought him back was Katara being the kind of person that she is, and she actually stayed in that lane the whole episode, constantly mm-hmm. trying to like keep people from like quibbling, attacking one another trying to get them to work together and get get the resources they need and like getting lashed out at for it too. Yep. Pardon me. But she also like, that's a lot to put on her character. So, I mean, that's, that's a lot of emotional um, work for her to have to do. Like it's one thing for her to do that just for herself, but uh, she's also having to do it for uh, Sokka. She's having to do it for Aang. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think she's trying to do it as much for Toph. All right. Well, they have a different dynamic. They do. Um, and I, I know we've talked about it. We're all like, uh, okay, she's she's kind of like stuck in this like maternal big sister type role, even though she's not actually older. Um, and I mean, like now she's not the only girl in the group. So at least there's not this like kind of pigeonholing scenario, but, it, but just started first. So. Right. Um, I don't know, but the point being, you know, like she is that person through and through. And while it was not working out well for her in earlier parts of the episode, in the end, it's what kind of de- it not kind of absolutely de-escalates the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, I, I, as far as the uh, the B plot goes, I really loved this secret society um, that Iroh is a part of. Um, that apparently transcends nation states. Like it's like yeah, we know you're from the Fire Nation. We know who you are. You need refuge. Sure, here's what you need, because we take care of our own. It's like oh okay, that means there are others from all nations that just kind of operate in the secret society. Um, uh, and that the, they're um, what the the White Lotus mm-hmm. is what they call, go by. I think so. Uh, disguised as a uh, pie show players. Mm-hmm. It's Go. They're playing Go. Oh, do I have... Oh, I don't know what Go is. Um, yes. Yeah, that seems like a resource that they should be able to tap into kind of anywhere they go. And I also think that it's one of those resources that if you want to... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to like be discreet about the fact that my dog got behind the desk... And I think he's stuck, and he's whining, and now he's knocking things over. Do you need to help him out? Help him out. Well, I cool. think I can help him out without actually going over there. He shouldn't be able to get back there, except for I, I tucked the desk away from the wall to, to hide a birthday gift over there. No one, t- no one tell my husband. Um, and, you know, it's like a long, skinny. He doesn't watch the show. So no, he doesn't. Um, so yeah, I think he, I think he could like noodle his way in, uh, but then could not back out again. Dumbass. 
Don't do, don't do it again. He's uh, gonna try. He's a dog. Oh my god. Have you met dogs? <laughs> he's he's such a dumb dumb sometimes. Um anyway, so that's that's kind of the the the, the bulk of the episode the desert. They're traveling to the desert, they're having a hard time, taking it out on each other. And then when they find out like Appa is not where they, they thought he might be, but they know people who are responsible, Aang loses his mind. Mm-hmm. And I for I for one can't blame him. Also, yeah, if someone, it... wants, if someone wants to take my dog, please. Ba-dum-bum. And that brings us to episode 12, which is The Serpent's Pass, um, which is uh, kind of an, an episode to uh, give them an outside um, problem to have to deal with so that they can work through their internal problems mm-hmm. without being direct about it. Yep. Um it's fine. Um, like I, I do like a couple beats. I like the the beat of um, we get an understanding of exactly how how rich and how influential uh, the family is that Toph comes from, and why they're they're. Um, I don't. Oh no, no, stop, stop it. Um, why they're so uh, they have the resources to send a couple idiot bounty hunters to try and bring her back. Right. Um, yeah. Her family is a pretty big deal. Turns out. Yep. Um, I liked the, uh, I liked the inclusion of um, the pregnant couple and trying to get them safely across and, and giving up their own uh, easy way to get to from point A to point B. Right. Um, but this is where you were starting to talk about uh, going the other direction. Instead of letting all your emotions out, then you just cut yourself off from them entirely. And then you're just numb. And that's also a thing that works, but but it's not great. Yeah. Um, I think that what fascinated me was the B plot on this, which is again, Iroh and uh, Zuko. They get on the boat into Ba Sing Se and are refugees. But they end up meeting w- up with um, another previously introduced character, Jet. Oh, okay. I I don't think I picked up on the fact that we knew that character already. Um, oh, yeah. He was the guy that tried to murder an entire Fire Nation I, village. I do remember I do remember the character now, but one when I was watching the episode, I I told you it's been a weird week. But yeah, so mm-hmm. that kid it like he comes off like a total Robin Hood. Yeah. But he's kind of remorseless about how he he gets you know what what is needed. Um and you see that again here where he's just like kind of willing to do anything. He seems like he's toned it down a little, but yeah, I like I, I like he's trying to reform. It's like, okay, maybe trying to kill an entire village was the wrong tactic. Maybe I just need to, you know, steal some food. That'll be fine. I mean, like, if the if, if if you can accomplish the mission and it doesn't even like it's not even convenient to kill anyone. 
Also, you're 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 on a you're a boat. You're a ferry. If you kill people, no, no, never mind. I'm giving him way too much credit. Yeah, maybe maybe he's just getting a little bit. In in D and D, he would be a murder hobo. <laughs> I didn't need to kill that entire village just to get that one artifact, but they were there, and my sword was hungry. <laughs> So I killed the village. Like, I mean, what else could one do? You could just not. You don't have to kill the entire no, village. No, that was Stop a joke. Fucking murder hobos! Like, don't <laughs> don't be murder hobos. Like, there's a time and a place for murder hoboing in in D and D or any RPG. But good God, that doesn't need. That should not be your everyone's go to. <laughs> uh. That is, that's not what the game is for. That says more about who you are as a human being. For fuck's sake. In my D&D game, we can't stop fucking helping like any and everyone. We're like going on like tangent after tangent, like like side quests on side quests on side quests because everyone fucking needs something all the time. Who's your DM? I forget. Is Aaron your DM? Yes, he is. Okay. See? There, there might be times where it was probably easier or would have been smarter to just fucking kill the person, but... Sure. We're constantly going out of our way to be helpful or, or, or helping in ways that are much more complicated uh, I than murder. I, you, can, you can take this information that's coming from me and apply it to when we are gaming together because that will come in handy that I do have the philosophy of maybe not murdering everything is the way to go. Maybe there's another maybe there is another answer to the problem that I put in front of you. <laughs> yeah, for sure uh, Usagi Ojimbo does seem to be more of a like heavier on the role playing than it is on like combat action. That just happens to be the story that I that we're telling at the moment. Oh, not, okay. Not not to talk shop about our game on our on the podcast that has nothing to do with it. But we kind of talk about our games every week. I know that, I, that's <laughs> my fault. Really I bad. Aaron does I, too. I but I think it's because I really I miss being able to have an episode where we play a game. Mm, I know. And I know, that I'm the just... and I, again, I, did we spoil this already? Did we talk about this? We are going to go back to in person recordings. Oh no! I think we've I think we've teased it. Yeah, we are okay. we are in the process of of having a studio space where the three of us can 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 be in the same room together and 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 have these conversations. And one of the one of the best things about that is that we can co- go back to doing tabletop games mm-hmm. for for your listening pleasure. Mm-hmm. And, and that boy, we I, I just realized we completely derailed from talking about Avatar. Okay, episode. It was murder hobo. Murder, yeah, murder hobo got us off topic. This one was again. I think I told both you and Aaron. I went ahead and watched episode thirteen as well when I was watching episode twelve because it just kind of jumped ahead, Mm -hmm. and it definitely feels like this is a three episode arc. 
so I think that's why episode the the Serpent's Pass feels very much like filler. And see, I felt like episode. I, I felt like Serpent's Pass was more uh, compelling than uh, episode twelve. I can't even remember the name of the episode right now. Uh, the the Serpent's Pass. Oh, the drill is episode thirteen. Yeah. Oh, did I get ahead? Probably. I thought we were. I thought it was episode eleven, the desert, mm-hmm. and episode and 12. twelve, the serpents. Serpents pass. pass, but episode thirteen. If you're watching it on Netflix, it just runs together. Right, right, right. Gotcha. You t- and suddenly you're told like, us about why is and I still like why forgot. is this episode an hour long? Oh, because it's just one episode. So. We can talk more about episode 13 next week. Um, I'm, I'm also being told from the studio uh, that uh, we we are more than happy to say that this studio space that we get to use, we are finally uh, going home and being able to broadcast directly from Guardian Games. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. Every time that we've ever had the opportunity to record in guardian game space it's it's always a good time the the vibe is just really good for what we're doing mm-hmm. not to say that there was anything ever wrong with like the fun employment studio but that was never our space for us sure. um in a way that being at guardian does feel like our space for us even though we we don't have any more ownership over that than anywhere else um but the like the dynamic changed when the the store changed hands the dynamic of it wasn't just hey we're friends with you so we're going to keep sponsoring you which is a fine way to do and it was fantastic that like uh, angel and michelle's contribution to the show over the years as guardian games is fantastic um, first sponsors ever of the show yep. so yeah always um, appreciated but now that it is Guardian Games as Burke Retail LLC, mm-hmm. the the feel is like oh we like we are now actively becoming a corporate entity, um, and we are a we have a business partnership with them. And it's like oh yes, we can. We'd love to go ahead and sponsor that. Yes, please do ads for us. Uh, what other promotions can we do? What other things can we do to? Like showcase that this that we help you and you help us. How yeah. how do we make this more beneficial? So, um, in talking with uh, my managers there, they're like, "Oh yeah, it's a no brainer. Please, please podcast from here. Yeah, please and do the, that. And and like it's it, you know like bringing it back to like us personally. I'm just like so excited to like be able to do this back in the room with you guys and and mm-hmm. how that opens up more stuff that we can be doing. Indeed. Also, so, there's a bar. There is. <laughs> but yes, the, so that we don't have a projected date. We have some things, technical things to work out still. Um, but that will be what we are doing in the near future. Yeah. And uh, Kevin had asked earlier, and I'm just now remembering... Again, for whatever reason, but uh, the commentaries are for July. For those mm-hmm. of you who are curious, we will not be doing any live recordings that month. We will drop a new episode, however, every week as per usual. 
They will be new to us, just not live. New to you. Yeah, we'll be record once we figure out our schedules. Be recording those over the next couple of weeks, uh, just so that we have them in the can. Um, but we are not prepared to tell you what movies they are. So just hold on yet. to your butt. Hold on to your butts. That was me holding on to my butt. Oh, I can um, tell. Good, good. Uh, all this is to say that these are the things that we are able to do because you continue to listen. You continue to support us. You're here every week. Um, whether you're here live, whether you catch up with us uh, on Stitcher, on iTunes, on uh, Spotify, on what have you. Or if you're going directly to the website and listening to it. Um so we appreciate that. We appreciate that you're here and this is not just our show. It's your show. It's all of our show. This is, we're all in this together and hearkening back to lessons from sci-fi and fantasy that we, that they are trying to be very clear about. That is definitely one of them. We are in this together. The only way that we can make things better is by thinking of other people first um, and being there for one another and loving each other. And that doesn't mean that you have to love them unconditionally. That means you can set boundaries. You can do what you need for yourself, but you can, all, that just makes it easier for you to be there for other people when they need you and vice versa. I think that's as much as I'm going to get. <laughs> um. I don't have anything mushy to say, but you did rem you did remind me of something that I'm sure Aaron is going to drop in uh, in the like you know in post uh, is we had to recreate our iTunes RSS feed or mm. or something along those lines. It's a, I, I I don't remember the mechanics because I don't produce anymore, but it's iTunes specific. We had to create a new what to doodle, and so. It would be really, really awesome if people could go to iTunes to rate and review the show, because um, when you recreate yourself on that platform, you lose all of the old ratings, uh, and so like it's, it's almost like you don't exist. It's, it's like it's like having to get a new social security number or something like that. Um, uh, and very specifically, you know, it is the current and updated edition the correct edition of geek in the city radio on itunes if you can see the icon that's at the bottom of the bar over there right underneath denise little red square that says geek in the city with uh, a maneki neko uh, painted like uh, captain cisco that's <laughs> the icon that's being used on itunes so use find that find cisco the cat i think that's it I think that's I, a show. I think that's a show. Damn. All right. Um, well, in that case, I have been Beanerita. And I have still been Cable Hajitani. And we will catch you all next week. Watch out for snakes. <laughs>